Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. We have a very special guest, a casting director who absolutely, truly from her heart, loves actors, gives to actors, helps actors, casting director Lisa London, who has recently cast films like Sandy Wexler on Netflix, Poison Rose, starring John Travolta and Morgan Freeman, Freaks, Eat Wheaties, The Mustard Seed, older shows like Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, the cult classic Grandma's Boy, House Bunny, and has helped jumpstart so many careers like Miley Cyrus, Jennifer Aniston, Selena Gomez, Giovanni Ribisi, Jonah Hill, Emma Stone, Catherine McPhee, the list goes on and on, and I'm so happy to have her today. Let's welcome Lisa London. Hi, Sherry. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so happy you're here. Lisa and I have actually become really good friends, and yes. she's making changes in her career as long as, I mean, she's such a busy casting director, and we're going to find out all about her. But there's other things that we're going to tell you about that she's doing later on in the podcast. So listen up. Yes. So tell me, tell us about you. How did you get started? Was it a family thing? Were you an actress? Talk. Talk to us. Talk to us. Well, I'm one of those rare breeds that actually grew up in Los Angeles. My, oh, my God. Yes. My family's from here. My parents are both from here. And my father is a television director, Jerry London, who directed iconic shows in the 70s and 80s mm -hmm. from Brady Bunch and Partridge Family and Six Million Dollar Man and Kojak wow. and Rockford Files. And then he became the king of the miniseries. So my uh, youth was spent on sets, and mm. I spent all, loved going to sets after school, hanging out and talking to the actors. Interesting. So everybody from like, you know, Telly Savalas and James Garner and Lee Majors, and when he did miniseries, and I got to travel, and I went to Japan when my dad did Chopin, and I got to be a production assistant, and <laughs> all these crazy, wild experiences I had. And so what happened is when I finished college, and I had been a production assistant quite a few summers. Mm -hmm. um, I uh, sat in with my dad, who was directing a pilot, and I got to sit in on the casting session. Which sessions. pilot? Do you remember? Yeah, it was called Hotel, and it was Hotel for, uh, Hotel for Aaron Spelling with oh, Bonnie Salica yes, of course we know Hotel. James Brolin. Jeez. And uh, those casting directors who were, that was Lynn Stallmaster and Tony yes. Howard and very famous. And um, they, I sat in and they asked me, what do you think? And I go, I like him. He's really good. And no, her out. This one's <laughs> funny. And you know, I had a lot of opinions. And so three months later, they offered me a job. And that wow. is where I've been. My but were you majoring in theater, in the industry, I, in television? I, or were I you... majored in cinema television at oh. USC. Oh, okay. okay. So you were still in the area. So yeah. that was, your heart was in that area. And I always knew I'd end up in show business mm. because I loved it. Mm. I loved being on sets with my dad. So you got your very first job from the casting directors of your dad's show. Yeah. And then you went from there. Yes, I worked as an assistant there for a couple of years, and then I went off and got, ended up getting a job. And <laughs> it's gonna age me, but I ended up getting a job. My first job as a casting director was at Lorimar before oh Lorimar my goodness. became Warner Brothers. What was the show? The first one I did was called Falcon Crest. Ah! 
<laughs> I scream. Because uh, yeah. we all know that show. Yeah, you but, probably all don't, but go look it up. Yeah, it's a classic. But also, like, at Mariska Hargitay, that was her first job. Mm. It gave her her first job mm. on television, you know, back then. So Incredible. Yes. Yeah, so so you've been loving it. What I love about you and how you treat... Well, what I love about you is how you treat actors. You are so kind and giving and present, and you are their cheerleader. So it just makes me so happy to have you on and to share knowledge with actors or people who want to go into casting, whatever they want to do. So yeah. what advice, what do you want to tell actors that, that maybe some of your pet peeves, the good, the bad, the ugly, the positive, everything, when actors walk into a room, tell us. Yes, for sure. Well, first of all, that is correct about me. I love actors. Like anything I can do to help an actor, I will do it. And it's true. And that She is, doesn't just talk uh, it. She no, walks it. No, that's who I am. Like I'll meet you in a restaurant and go, are you an actress? And I go, <laughs> here's my card. You know? So... But the things that are important for me in terms of casting and when I'm looking for when you come into a room, it's are, are you prepared, right? Mm -hmm. Have you done your research? Have you made a strong choice? And what's your attitude when you come in a room? And that, mm. I mean, that's my simple version, but you know. Well, talk about that. So when an actor walks in, you basically know right away if you want to hang out with them, if you're going to have trust to call them back to the producers. Right? Yeah, Tell for sure. Because, that. you know, A, you have to do your homework and your research. I mean, the guys who come in there and they, you know, make strong choices and they do something with the role and you know they've worked on it versus the guy who comes or in. Or the female. Uh, the guy or gal <laughs> who come in the room uh, and says, oh, I had five other auditions today. I didn't have a chance to work on this. And that has happened to me. People actually say that? Oh, yeah. That is a, a self-sabotage <laughs> example right there. For sure. Totally. Wow. You know, I've had different things or I had one guy come in a room and said, you know, I don't know why my agent keeps coming, bringing me in for co-star roles because I don't really want to do a co-star role. And, and it was for a co-star. Mm. And you're like, why are you here? You know yeah. what I mean? Why Turn are you wasting my time? But those are like pet peeves right. because you, I don't want those things. I want you to come in and be excited to be there. Be yourself. You know, I want to see your personality. I want to know you've done your homework. And I want to know that you, I want to see what you do it. How do you know without having a conversation if they've done their homework? Is there a, a natural calm and there's um, colors in the script? How do you know as a well, casting director? Well, I can tell by when they do the choice, when they make a choice in a scene, if they've worked on it and they kind of know what the project is or not. Or the story or the scene is. Say, yeah, because every scene has an arc to it, mm -hmm. right? And they have beginning, middle, and end, and we're looking for different attitudes or emotions in a scene. We're not looking for the same. You know what I mean? We don't That's want you... That's when you color up the script. Right, you color it up. Tell them for a second about the arc, because I don't know if actors... I mean, actors that study at my studio certainly know that. Right. But what does that mean for these people that are listening in arc of Well, a scene? every scene has a beginning, a middle, and end, and it has a character arc. You know, how the character starts, what they want, what it is... How it, it changes. It, yeah, how that changes, and what they are trying to achieve in the scene. And you have to make those decisions for yourself based on what you read on a piece of material, what the breakdown says, which is usually not very much information. Mm -hmm. So it's up to you to create the backstory and you to create what this character is about, but you have to do it within the reality of what that character would do. You so don't the right just come, tone of the show. Right, you don't come up with some backstory that has nothing to do with the character. Agreed, right? yes. So that's what the arc is. It's seeing that where you start, what your goal is, and the changes you go through in that scene. Beautiful. So an actor comes in, 
they you you know when they're confident you know when they're fearful do you when an actor gets super nervous do you recoil or do you try to help soothe them do you give them a couple chances and then if they don't calm down you've already checked them off the list Tell us. No, not me. I'm always the guy who's the cheerleader. <laughs> so I've had actors come in and they'll be shaking with the yes. paper and I'll be like, hey, what's happening? And they go, oh, I'm really nervous. And I said, oh, okay, I totally get it. But let's just have fun. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it if you mess it up. Let's just go for it. So I'll try. And does it calm them down? Yeah, usually. Oh, because so then they'll see that I'm on their side. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? A lot of actors get this fear the casting directors are not on their side. But they are. But we are. Because if you do a great audition, you're helping us. We're yes. like, okay, that guy's amazing. Good. He gets to go to producer and director. We're going to send his audition. Make sure job easier, too. Yeah, for sure. So we are their biggest cheerleaders. But sometimes I think actors feel like they're not because you're, not you particularly, but casting people have a tendency they can be a little short, a little curt, a little preoccupied and they take it personally when they're I think as your job you're thinking about a lot of putting a lot of pieces together yeah that's true and I understand I mean you know casting directors were busy we get a lot of problems things change you mm -hmm. know they'll say we're going african-american no we're changing it we want a hispanic female you know so things change during the session you're in or you know during that day yeah you know we get calls things change all the time so you know I understand people Actors just have to be able to act and be able to be themselves and not take anything personally because right. you can't take it personally if the casting director isn't the friendliest person. Hopefully most of them are, but if they're not, you go in, you, you do can't the, take it personally. No, you do the best job you can do. You walk out and you say, okay, good, I'm done. And yes. then you move on. You tell on. the story and you move on. You totally. be of service and you move on. Totally. Absolutely. Have you ever had any odd experiences where when they, when someone was coming in to read for you and they started acting with you and you like maybe grabbing you if it was a, a, a you know a, a scene that needed a physical well you that know broke the boundaries? I, Tell yeah us a story. in the old days yes <laughs> that wouldn't happen anymore it but wouldn't it, but it no, could no but you know there's enough. boundaries let me just cut because there are boundaries right. to go walking into a casting room which some people are told most people know but some people don't. And there is a line between your chair and the six squares around your chair where yeah. you are sitting and the casting director. And yeah, some people do break that 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 boundary line yeah. and touch or move furniture and do things that are boundaryless. Yeah, well, also I feel like a lot of times I'll have a reader in the room. I mean, sometimes I'll read. I like reading. I actually, to be honest with you, I studied with an acting teacher many moons ago. Ah. And I was because, in, in During class. casting? Yeah, when I was starting as a casting assistant, mm. I wanted to understand the actor's plight more. So ah. I studied uh, acting with Milton Caselis actually many moons ago for ah. two years. And the thing was, I would, a lot of times he'd have people do like, actors come in the room and do cold readings on the stage mm -hmm. to get used to be more comfortable so I was a little bit I got over anybody kind of because he'd have them go play with her hair go touch her hand things you would never do <laughs> never now. right you know but just for more the actors and right. I was in a class so I was like oh, I can help them out. <laughs> but so has it I, ever happened though you're like yeah, whoa you yeah, can't what are you doing yeah, do you stop the read some weird thing but not in a long time nobody ever like oh touches me or mm -hmm. touches my hand and mm -hmm. does any of that anymore and that you know what I mean and if we have a reader I feel like it's the actor hey do you mind if I they uh -huh. should ask 
is it okay if I touch your hand? If there's a reader, is it okay if I move the chair? Don't just like go for it. Mm-hmm. Be communicate and say, hey, is it okay if I move the chair here or if I stand and I just be courteous. Which yeah. my thing is being courteously aggressive. I love that. Courteously <laughs> aggressive. I you, use that. You do? You stole it from me? Huh? I use That's it for fine. me. But, I love it. But I use it for me when I'm trying to get like uh, writing producers and directors and they don't respond and then I'm like, oh, well, oh Sherry Shaw said, says. Said, Sherry Shaw said courteously <laughs> aggressive. But it gives you, even if I say it right now to everybody listening, be courteously aggressive. It gives you power and, right. but kindness at the same, right, at the same right. time. So totally. it's, it's such a beautiful thing. Okay, so you spent you've been doing casting for years and years. Right. Lisa has also written a really great book. What is it called? It's called From Start to Stardom: The Casting Director's Guide for Aspiring Actors. I love it. And it talks about all the helpful hints about acting, all the helpful paths that you should take, how to begin, how to get agents, how to get managers. Tell me. Right, and it's all about the business of acting. So it, ta- it takes you from how to get started, how to get discovered, finding agents and managers, getting a good photographer, how do you pick the right headshot, it shows examples, and then it talks about the whole casting process, you know, being prepared. So this is your way of giving back. Yes, and it talks about what goes on behind the casting director's doors. Ooh, sounds, <laughs> sounds, ooh, sounds good. Yes. And so, and that sounds incredible, and I've read some of it, and it's a really lovely book, and I highly recommend it. How did you get into partnership with Catherine? Because that is your, your casting partner. Right, Catherine Stroud. So funny enough, uh, years ago, after, well, after I left, I worked at Lorimar for a couple of years, and then I went out on my own. Mm. And then down the road, I was like, oh, I need an assistant. And mm. a friend of mine, mutual friends, recommended us. And she was from Toronto oh. and had moved out here for a guy. And oh. They, and they got separated. Oh. <laughs> Divorced, whatever. And oh. she needed a job. But she had been a children's theater director. Oh, I did not even know that. She's the sweetest human being. Yeah, so she had been a children's theater director and was looking for a job. And I said, hey, do you want to get in casting? And she said, okay. And so, so you started her, moved her up into... Yeah, and then, well, she worked as my assistant for mm-hmm. a couple of years. And then I had my son, and she went off to work for Deborah Aquila at Paramount. And mm. she worked on Tommy Boy and Brady Bunch and... Then when I uh, said, hey, when I went ready to go back, I said, what do you want to do? She said, oh, let's be partners. I said, okay, okay, so you've had a long-time partnership. Yeah, like 20 We don't even go into age. 20 Age is just a number, okay? We physically deal in our life as 25-year-olds. That's all I can say. Love that. So how was it... How is it different from from casting a sitcom, a Nickelodeon show yeah. like Sweet Life, versus when doing something with Disney, John Travolta? Yeah. Well, that was Disney. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, here it's all about the tone, right? right? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I can cast anything. You yes. know what I mean? But in terms of sitcom or like a, something for Disney or Nickelodeon, it's going to have a different tone than, let's say, a show like Modern Family. Or Will and Grace, <laughs> you know, it's, it's def- just a little bit broader. Yeah. Is it still the same as it used to be when people come in, um, and I've coached many actors, and they say it's Nickelodeon or Disney have to be super big, but if it's not grounded in truth, it's ridiculous. No, it has to be grounded in truth, and they will even say that. You know, they want it funny, but it will still have to be grounded in truth. And they tend to do some shows that have more grounded in truth now. I they think. Re- the climate has changed totally. So they do have to be, no matter what you're auditioning for, has to be grounded in truth. So let me ask you this. So if they're coming in for a comedy and they're a little bit quirky and funny, but they're missing a lot of the jokes, but it's truthful and you see something good, will you call them back? 
I will give them direction okay. in the room, mm-hmm. and I will see if I can tweak it to mm-hmm. get it to hit those beats that they're a little bit off on, and then call them back. Because you can see yeah. the work. You yeah. can see the process. I can see the potential. Truth wins out totally. every single time, and no matter what you do. Yeah. And the difference, you ask me, like in a movie, that's going to have mm-hmm. a whole different attitude and a different tone and everything else. I mean, I've done comedy movies and faith-based movies and drama movies and psychological thrillers, and they all so have their let me own ask you energy. This, Let's, let, me, let me ask you this. So what's the tone? Is it a softer vocal tone for film, for a dramatic film? When people come in, do you still want their voice to resonate, or do you want it to come from a deeper place? You know, Sherry, I think it really depends on what it is, okay. right? Because I did a, this faith-based movie, and there were some really serious, dramatic moments in this movie. Mm-hmm. And that's going to come from more like a serious place, gut. you know, a gut place. Mm-hmm. But then there's other moments like in a psychological thriller or whatever it is that you, it is still, you want the voice, you know, not big, but mm-hmm. you still want them to have the voice and the energy but it's all of it's grounded in truth, no matter mm-hmm. what it is. You know what I mean? And do you like when people, how do you feel about, and everyone says no props. Has anyone brought props and gotten a call back and gotten a job? <laughs> yes. Tell us about that. Okay, well, on the prop, because it's a definite discussion, my opinion is little. Like, if it's like your a phone, phone. It's an extension phone. of your butt. Phone is okay. <laughs> a little thing would be okay. Like yes. a purse. You have a purse, yes. something like that. But here's an example of where a girl did props. And much, I was a little bit surprised, but it worked. Not that I suggest that. I kid, I'm all about keep it simple. But I did this movie, uh, Mostly Ghostly. Um, it was the third one we did, and this girl auditioned, and she had to find something in her purse. And she pulled out like a spoon, and she pulled oh out God. a fork, <laughs> and she pulled out this. She pulled out like. What did she do with it? I'll put it on the floor? No, she just like, yeah, she oh. must have put them on the table. So she pulled mm. each one out. And then the last one was this diamond that she was looking for, right? She ended up getting the job. Oh. And um, I was a bit surprised because I would never suggest for an actor to do that, right? Did she do that in the pre-read or was it a, a, it to was the producers? In a, so you didn't a tell it. session with the um, producers, I think. So you was. never got to see it prior? Yeah, I don't think so. I, actually, Catherine was at those and I saw them on tape. Uh. So I don't know the answer to that. But what I did notice is she did that and she ended up getting the job and that's pretty unusual because I find no most of the time unless it's like a phone or like let's say you're going to be a photographer and you want to use a camera that's okay but I find it distracting Mm. unless it's like super subtle simple phone purse backpack on your you know you can put your hands on it just subtle that gives the essence yeah because props are going to be all directed when you're on a set you see and we're when we when we record you, we're only recording you, you know, right at your bus line, basically, you know, mm-hmm. and you're, so we're not, there's not all But not all auditions are on tape, are they? 95% of them are. 95% <laughs> are on tape now. So yeah, the climate but not, keeps changing. But not the callbacks, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Depends mm-hmm. on the producer and the project. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, the callbacks for me have been live. And so when an actor comes in and they bobble and they're just having it off and they go, I got to do this again. I'm having right. a bad hair day. Do do how do you feel about that and do you let them and are you grateful that they do it? Yeah, for sure. I always think an actor if you feel like you messed it up, you say, "Hey, do you mind if I do it again?" But you know what the trick is? What's the trick? What's you the trick? You better do it different. Do not do the same thing you did the first time. Which is hard. 
It is totally because your hard. nerves have kicked in. You've right. rehearsed it one way. Right. You think it's coming out one way, and it's coming out the same. Right. And most of the time, they do it the same. <sighs> so that's oh. not good. So I tell all actors to have right. a backup plan when you're right. rehearsing something. If it's comedy, go for the one that's the funniest, and then have your backup. If it's drama, go for the one that's most you know has the most secrets and layers, and then go for the slightly less backup. So when you get the adjustment or you're messing up in the room, you can grab. And, that. and that's great advice. I think that's really good. But you don't mind when actors ask to do it again. No, I do don't. Do you mind. actually feel like it empowers them? It should. You're right. You know what I mean? Versus I've had the actors walk out and then I'll get the call from the agent saying, oh, he feels like he really messed it up. Can you bring him back? So that's whiny and that's <laughs> insecurity and, then and you who, don't take care of yourself. And who has time for that? Like, right. what if I have a whole other session scheduled with producers? Do you know what so I mean? So the point is, seize the moment, take care of yourself in the room. Right. If you bobble, ask to start it again, but not in a victim-y way, right. not in a whiny way, in a confident place that makes you, you know, that you're strong because we're all human. People make mistakes, people totally. bobble all the time, and then yeah. you can stay relaxed in that request for the adjustment and nail it. Yeah, and just stay relaxed in the moment, in the moment. You know, you're there. Treat every audition as a chance to act. Yes. You see, that's what I, I stole that from Charlie Durning and the late, great Charlie Durning, but that's what he used to say, you know, treat every audition as a chance to act because then it takes the pressure off mm -hmm. of it. You know, it's not like, I have to get this mm -hmm. job, I have to get this job, right? Oh, great, I have another opportunity to act. And to tell a story. And to tell a story, absolutely. And, you know, when, you're at, when you have hired actors for larger roles, will you ever call them and ask them to come in for a smaller role? Because for me personally, I, don't, I, see, I think work begets work and work is totally. work. Do you think less of an actor when you bring them in for a smaller role? Or so, no. But, but I think actors sometimes think that. So I want you to imbue this upon them that it's not that. No, if you did a really good job or we brought you in, let's say, for a big part, but they ended up going a different way and we really like what you do, and then we say, hey, we have this other part and it's smaller, would you like to do it? You should jump at the opportunity because you never know, A, who you're going to meet and it's a chance to act. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yes, and, I agree. And I find that really important. It happens all the time. We'll see somebody for something, we love them, they can't get that, oh, we went a different way. Oh, but what about this guy for this part? We didn't think of that. Yeah, that would be great when you had producer and director say, yeah. So the point is, there are no small parts and they don't think of you, the quality of your acting, and you as a human any less by bringing you in for a smaller role. I think everyone's energy needs to stay open and malleable and uh, positive to the cause yeah. and the passion. And that's what it's all about is acting. Absolutely. And telling that story. Yeah, for so, sure. So let me ask you this. When a person comes in for uh, a sitcom, what is the process? First read, callback, another callback, test, drama, same thing. Is it the same process? What well, happens? it depends what it's for. Like if it's a pilot, right? Okay. First for time yes. for, you know, it's being made. We're going to see if they're going to put it on the air. There's going to be a lot more callbacks involved. When I did Hannah Montana and we were looking for the role that Miley ended up getting, you know, we saw over 1,200 girls. Oh, Lord. <laughs> 1,200 girls Lord. all across the country on tapes. And wow. that was in the days where we didn't do links. Remember, right. we had VHSs. Yes, so, delivered. <laughs> She's not aging herself no, at all. Not at all. I'm <laughs> still only 25. <laughs> I have a huge career at 25. Um, anyways, but um, yeah, so we saw over 1,200 girls. There was, you know, got whittled down. There were a lot of callbacks, a lot of auditions. 
auditioning for producers she had eight or nine you know it wasn't an overnight thing and then you go down and it keeps whittling down and whittling down until you get to the test where you're gonna but how many callbacks does somebody usually have before they test could it be just one could it be four is it just vary? It could vary. Could be eight. Could be nine. It could be you really? don't know. It could be a lot. I mean, hopefully not, but it could be. Sometimes you have to mix and match with other people, and you have to see how it's going to roll. And and tell know. everybody what a test deal is. Well, a test a test deal, or a t- when you test when Both. you go a test yeah. deal is negotiated with your agent or manager in advance before you go in front of a network or the studio so that all the deal points are in place. And then if you get the job, all those points are already in place. Okay. You wouldn't negotiate it afterwards because mm-hmm. then they could ask for everything under the sun, moon, and stars. Right. So, but, and it's then, the, yes. And so when you do the actual test, that's usually, used to be that you would come in a room for a bunch of executives and, yes. and you would audition in front of a bunch of executives. It could and be 50 producer, people. Producer, directors, everybody. And then sometimes they'd mix and match you with other people, sometimes not. And then that's, and then we, they would get decided who gets the job. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now it doesn't always go that way anymore because there are networks and places now that just look at the final tape. tape. Okay. So let me just reiterate. So going in for a pilot, first read, callback, maybe one more callback, maybe... Five more, uh, five more callbacks. <laughs> You're going to meet the executives. Then you have to get past the executives in order to get to the test deal. And so once you have an executive read, how, like the executives are different than the final test. Why is that? Well, I'd also, do, wait, when you say that, sometimes the executives are production company executives. Okay, okay. And then there's executives at a network. Okay. So you could read for the production company executives and, and then, then go to the test. But a lot of times when you get down to the production company executives, they're pretty narrowed down already on to who they're going to test. Mm. But you could blow it there and not go Go forward. further. Yes. And how do people blow it? Just by the nerves? Just when nerves kick in? Yeah, or, you know, it's a lot of people, a lot of pressure. And that's why I think now a lot of it's done on, you do it, the final tape. They on send tape. tapes. You know, sometimes they read them. Having for, you guys as new actors in this business, having the the freedom to be able to put yourself on tape is so incredible yeah. you guys should be so grateful for it yeah it is amazing well and at that stage you'll work with a producer and director too they'll mm-hmm. help you with the tape before yes. they send it it's not right. a self tape you get notes oh, yeah you you get notes. they'll do it with you right you know what i mean but not for a million people in the room just for it's a more intimate situation yeah, yeah. so it just depends on what the project okay is. so that's for sitcom what is the difference for drama well, on drama especially, I think there's a lot of, it's the same. Like you could have still the same amount of callbacks depending on if it's a mix and match or what the situation is. But the difference is just, you know, you still could be in a room with a lot of people. But if it's a movie, it could be a different, you know, maybe it's less people. A lot of times in a movie, it could just be the producer and director yes. or the studio executives want to see a tape of it. And you don't necessarily have to go in the room. Do you think there's less amount of callback for films versus going for a pilot? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. What kind of advice can you give to actors to help settle their nerves? You know what I feel my best piece of advice is, is the more prepared you are as an actor, that is going to help you with your confidence. And the more you feel confident within yourself, the better you're going to do in an audition. What I mean by that is, 
I want you to be able to be directable. So when you make your choices and you come in a room, you have to be able to change it up. Because half the reason people don't get a job is because they can't change it up. They're not malle- malleable they're, in the they're room. They're not malleable. So the more prepared you are and the more confident you are in yourself, then when I give you a choice, you go, oh, okay, I know what to do with this. Because you it allows you emotional freedom, physical freedom, right. and keeps you at the most confident, powerful right. place so you could possibly be. It really has to do with your own preparation. Incredible. And you still love casting. I still love casting. You love it so much. I love it so much. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are going to be so lucky when you get to meet her. But how can people reach out and meet you? Do you like emails? Do you rather go through agents or managers? Do you do you mind random tapes? Are yeah, you? I don't, what do you I'm think? Not, I mean, people email me. You know, most casting directors have an email address on their IMDb yes. Pro. Right. I mean, my and you're fr- open to it. Yeah, and I'm from start to stardom. If you, I have a website from start to stardom. You can email me through that. What is that website? From um, start to, to stardom. dot com is dot the com. is the website. Right. Okay. From start to stardom. dot com. That's yeah. kind of a tongue twister. I like it. <laughs> it's got a lot of blogs and actor tips on it also, which is very helpful. Okay, well, let me tell you something else. But you guys don't know about Lisa. She's a great teacher, too. <laughs> Thank and you. Lisa and I have come together, and every summer we do this really cool kids camp. Right, which and is so fun. So amazing. At the end of the week. <laughs> we do we, a show. Yes, we do a show. And it's just it's magical for both of us because the inspiration that we give and that we feel from the younger actors is amazing. Yes. Not to say that she doesn't coach the adults. And I have now brought her on board to Sherry Shell Studios. I'm super excited about it. And January 2019, you're going to be teaching. Yeah, teaching an adult class. Eight-week course. Yes, which I'm really super excited about. We've been talking about it for ages, and we're finally going to implement it into action. And it's really going to, you know, we're going to go over different things about the whole casting process and the business of acting, which I think is super important. Which a lot of actors don't know. Yeah, but we're also going to do auditioning and go on tape, and they'll be able to ask questions, and we'll do, I'll give them feedback, and I'm going to help, you know, as you say, you know, give them how to make their acting in the scene stronger and make stronger choices. Yes. You know, because Lisa has also learned some of the methods I teach here, but she's going to imbue her knowledge of years of being on the other side. Yeah. And that knowledge on the other side is gold. Yeah, for sure. Give me three things you want to tell actors before we cut out of this incredible conversation we've had today to just get them on the right path. What do you say? And my three things are you must be prepared. Like, do your homework. Do your research. You know, really work at that. So that's number one. Number one is preparation. Number two. Number two is be yourself. Find your quirkiness. Find your little things about you. Your isms, I call Your isms, as Sherry calls them, that make you unique and use them. Don't be afraid to use them. Be yourself. I mean, when you come in a room, I want you to be yourself. Is that clear? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Besides bringing your whatever choices to the of world, course. but be yourself. Bring your okay. uniqueness. Yes. And the Prepared, third one. Be yourself. And the third one is you got to persist. You yes. can't give up. If for one door closes, another one opens, you have to persist in this business no matter what happens. Because your love has to override it. And you can't base yourself whether you're having a job or you're working on a job or not. No. And no matter what barriers come your way, you persist and you will win. Yes. No matter how long it takes. 
But that's if you're passionate about being an actor, you have to persist. And you will win. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming today, you guys. <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thanks so much, Sherry. That was awesome. That was so fun. <laughs> Bye. Have a great, positive week ahead. Bye.